Hello everyone, you're listening to Game Rivals, a podcast where a Nintendo fan and a PlayStation fan talk about the latest games and happenings in the gaming community and industry. I'm one of your hosts, Maximilian X, and together with Sean Templar, we bring you this bi-weekly podcast about video games. Alright, and welcome back to the official day one of E3 coverage. Uh, I'm your host, Maximilian X. Welcome to the Game Rivals. Uh, I'm hosting this again with my pal, Sean Templar. Sean Templar, say hi Say hi to the lovely people. Hello, lovely people. <laughs> uh, so, um, day one. It's officially day one now, um, yes. but we're gonna go for, we could, we're still gonna cover stuff from day zero, a little bit uh, in this episode, which is the Ubisoft uh, press conference. Uh, in the second segment, we'll be talking about Square Enix, and in the third and final segment, we'll be dabbling a bit about Nintendo's Nintendo Direct for E three. So let's get this started. Uh, Sean Templer, what did you think of the uh, games that were announced at Ubisoft? I uh, I got one, one of the games that I had predicted in our pre three episode was one of the show openers, uh, Watch Dogs Legion, uh, as Ubisoft really? announced it. I was actually skeptical about that because I wasn't sure if Watch Dogs do actually sold well enough. But yeah, you ended up being right on that one. I'm happy that the game is coming out. It uh, it's set in London in a in a, a cut in a future setting, not like a super future setting, but in a what in a moderner setting than we're in right now. And the it looks like this private military company slash security company has uh, has uh, gotten a lot more control compared to uh, the government. And uh, there's no, for example, I didn't really see like police officers on the street. There were these security firms on the street. And the whole mechanic of the game is that, uh, from far, from what I could see, there's no main character that you play with. You can play with anyone. You can recruit anyone into the city, into your cause, because you are kind of building a resistance. And the people you recruit have special abilities and special roles, like a spy or an enforcer or a hacker. Um, it looked like a really cool mechanic. Um, the game looks pretty as well. It it sounds really ambitious, and I'm kind of worried that Yubi might not be able to deliver on it because Yubi is doing a lot of uh, overpromise, underdeliver this generation. So it's gonna fall. It's gonna survive or die with them being able to pull the mechanic off. Yeah, um, I thought it looked really awesome. Um, just from the get go, it looked. It looked different because you start. It started. The demo was interesting because it started out with this random guy tr- uh, just walking about, scanning people, and then he sees this guy being brutalized by you know the Gestapo. I mean, um, by this uh, peace peace officer who was trying to detain this guy. Tries to save him, puts on a weird clown mask or something, or a skull mask or something. And just tries to get um, get the guy rescued, and eventually he ends up dying, which, as in permadeath, 
is in this game. This character just straight up is dead. And suddenly you get this board of people that you can choose to play next. And whoever was playing that demo picked an old lady who was a retired hacker who used to work for the police. And that part was just awesome to me. Because <laughs> it's an old lady who used to be a hacker who is now retired, but is now recruited by this resistance group to work for them. And she just infiltrates the police station, gets the information where the kid's being held, and then relays it to another person. And then you play as this other person who can infiltrate and save the kid. And she does. And they go to this safe location, which which is a bar. And the kid even asks the girl, what happened to the guy that tried to save me? And she gives this sad sigh and tells the kid that he died trying to save him. And then the kid's like, yo, I got to join these guys, man. This dude, man, he, 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 this stranger had my back, tried to save my life, end up dying in the process to get me out. I got to do this. Man. I got to, I got to join the resistance. And that was so cool to see that interaction. Definitely. Yeah. I'm kind of curious what would have happened. I'm assuming that if he had lived, she would have probably said, oh yeah, he's alive and you can meet him later. He'd probably be like, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, it's interesting to see what, what direction it will take because inadvertently you will get these choice situations. It's kind of like what happens in a Mass Effect game that you might not get certain scenarios or certain endings. So it's it's curious to see what's going to happen there. Um, the only concern I have with a game like this is that because there's no main character you play with, it can create a disconnect generally when you have a main character you kind of connect with the character or you level with the character you you feel for the guy or empathize for the guy or whatever there is a connection between you the player and the character in the game and since there seems to be no main character in the game that connection is difficult to make because if you get too attached to someone you might have anything else and you know uh, that's something that that worries me that the story might not have that great of an impact because you're just people could become a number instead of you actually feeling uh, a connection with the character but we'll have to wait and see what Yubi does with that yeah i mean i agree with that to a certain extent but i here's the thing i don't think you're supposed to i don't think you're supposed to be like oh i am this character i think you're more supposed to be the overseer of the game because there is this overseer character that talks to all these other agents. And I think that's supposed to be you. And the only thing that you're doing on top of that is that you're following the character that you're giving orders to do something to fruition, whether they live or die during that mission that you give them you're following them from that point onward until they complete their mission and the mission shifts to the next character. So I think the whole thing is that you're supposed to be like this overall overseer. Did you know that you know? the overseer is an AI? So you're supposed to be an AI. So what? I don't think you're supposed to be the overseer. I think the overseer is there to guide you because there is no main character and it's more as... 
overseers provide is is pushing you in the right direction? I guess. I mean, it's not like we haven't seen a similar kind of tactic before. I mean, uh, one of the drivers had a similar tactic. I think it was Driver San Francisco. I think that was the one where uh, where the main character was in a coma and you could jump in and out of other people's bodies and take it over and do missions that way. Yeah, I can remember something so it's, like that. So it's kind of like that, but but you're now actually controlling those people and not, you know, jacking their bodies. Yeah, it's a, it's cool. an interesting concept. And uh, Ubisoft has already given a launch date for it. I believe it's coming out in March next year. Um, mm-hmm. So it's going to happen fast. So I think we'll see more games come and, you know, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. And I think they said it was playable at E3, so there'll probably there'll, there'll probably be more coverage uh, throughout the week. So if we hear about anything new or see about anything new, we'll be sure to report on it. Um, but yeah, from the initial gameplay uh, featurette that they showed, not bad. Good start to the press event. Definitely. And then it took a turn for the weird, and then it got dragged out. Um, because they announced this weird thing that they're doing on Apple Plus. Yeah, it's like it's a, a game TV show, kind of a, a The Office meets but, game development. Yeah, and it's called Mythic Quest. More, yeah, yeah, and it's a TV show that's um, coming out on Apple TV Plus. So why yeah. is Ubisoft? Is this being mentioned at the Ubisoft press conference besides Ubisoft? working with them to produce it or something like that? I don't know. I haven't yet to find an answer on that. I'm pretty sure there's an article on it as to why it was at Ubisoft's press event, but yeah, I for the love of me couldn't figure out why it was there in the end moment. So let's just move yeah. on to the next thing. Yeah. Um, I just wrote some stuff down that stood out for me. So another thing that stood out for yeah, me because... was uh, Ghost Recon. Yeah. So... Again, another game that they could have showed gameplay of, but didn't. Yeah. I mean, they had the main villain there, the the actor portraying the main villain there with his dog, by the way, which actually was kind of cool because the dog was well-trained. Definitely. He told her her to lie down and he just lied down. Yeah. Yeah, the cool part about John Bernthal being there is that he is the main villain in this Ghost Recon game. And... Uh, he kind of did like a speech slash a monologue there, and he kind of um, told his story or his side of the story. Uh, and then they showed a trailer in which his character does that in game. And it's cool yeah. to see that it's it was convincing. It was cool to see that normally with these kinds of games, there's always a good guy and a bad guy, and you always want to pick the side of the good guy because you know they're the good guys. But with the way he held his speech and showed his side of the story, it really, I empathized with him. I really thought, hey, it would be so much cooler if I could play with your faction, the wolves, um, instead of the ghosts, because that would be so much cooler. I want to believe your story. I want to be able to pick your side instead of just play with the ghosts and, you know, always be for the good guys. True, I guess, but 
but then again, you actually played Wildlands, so I guess it it would have a it would have a bigger impact on you on that front. But for me, it was more okay. That's great and all that you're doing that, and it's good that you're actually putting effort in the story of your games. But just show me the game. I want to see what makes this game better and different from the previous game. That's kind of what they did with the reveal. I I don't know if you watched a lot of the footage there, but that's kind of what they did with the game reveal a few weeks back. Yeah, but it was all CG. No, no, no. They showed a playable... There was a part in which the character plays, and that's actual gameplay footage. Yeah, but it wasn't that long either. Uh, It was... Let me put it this way. It was long enough to show a few of the mechanics off, such as the, the camouflage mechanic that you can lie in the dirt and cover yourself in dirt so you're um, camouflaged within your surroundings or the body aid that when, you're, when your body gets shot, you can drag their bodies with you or when you get hurt, that if you get shot in the leg, you can sprint. If you're shot in the arm, you can ADS. And it did show a few things around the mechanics there. And of course, within E3, you expect them to show more, but... Maybe they'll just do it on the E3 floor. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm a, yeah because they said I think they did. I think he did say that it was going to be on the show floor. So I guess we'll just have to wait until then to see more of the game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that yeah that was basically it for yeah for Breakpoint. Um, they showed more of the Division Two, by the way. Oh, that was so cool. Um, well. They announced more of the division too, and then so the CG trailer of one of the episodes that they announced, which I assume was a very poignant story-related one. Yeah. So what they did is they showed or they explained what the three episodes gonna hold because there's gonna be three content episodes. They're all gonna be free, um, and then what's gonna happen is that the first episode will take place outside of. Uh, the city so it'll be in kind of a jungle environment and you'll be Mm -hmm. facing off against um, a traitor they said if you've played the division 2 you know who that traitor is and then Schmeagol isn't it (laughs) no they tricked us master Um, (laughs) they in the second episode you're gonna uh, head towards the pentagon because there's stuff happening Mm -hmm. in the pentagon and you're gonna try to prevent that I believe also that the second raid will come out with episode two. And then yeah, in the fall, I believe, we're going to get episode three. And episode three uh, has a focus on a manhunt. And if people played the Division One, they will know what that means because the, the um, episode three will take place in New York. And we don't know if it's the whole of New York or a part of New York. But basically what will happen is, is you're going to try to hunt the bad guy from Division 1 because he's apparently the most dangerous human being alive. And again, if you played the Division 1, you know what that means. Um, so the bad guy from the Division 1 survived the game? Uh, yeah, and he did some worse. He did some bad stuff. It, the tricky part is, is I, yeah, I don't want to spoil it for people, uh, but it's kind of cool to see that they're reaching back to the Division 1, because while I played Division 2 the whole game, I was wondering, where is Aaron Keener, who was the bad guy from the first one? And it's cool to see that they're answering that call with uh, with Episode 3. All right, all right, cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, there was also some funny stuff around Rainbow Six, Rainbow Six Quarantine. 
Yeah, what was up with that? So yeah. then, well, let, let, let's go back a little bit because they first announced the the latest season coming for Rainbow Six Siege. Yeah. And then they announced a new Rainbow Six game. Yeah. That they're also going to be supporting for years to come, which is what they said. Yeah. Um, we'll see how that goes. But this one, instead of being PvP, is PvE. Yes. It's a three-player PvE. Yes, yeah, it's a co-op game. And yeah, and the whole fact that it's called quarantine and I, I told you this when we were when we were actually watching the event. That oh, I cannot take it when I see that kind of stuff. Yeah, the, the whole infection thing makes my skin crawl. I don't. I was confused because it was CG trailer, and the thing that kind of yeah, it was a CG trailer. Yeah, was that it looked like a horror game with like monsters or whatever, or you should you would see shadows. And then it would like it would the trailer was intended to kind of freak you out. And Rainbow Six is a game that is grounded in reality. I mean, all the Tom Clancy games are grounded in reality. So the idea I got from it is okay, this looks kind of like a Left 4 Dead kind of game. And I don't hope it's going to be that. Let, let me put it this way I got the kind of zombie vibe from it. And I think. That's not something Rainbow Six is supposed to do, unless Ubisoft wants to go in that direction. But well, yeah, I don't know. Well, I think, I think what we were seeing was the perspective, because the whole perspective was first person, and the first person perspective was from the guy being infected. Yeah. So I think it's the infection that's causing hallucinations that in that person. If the, if that's the that's case, I'm, I'm content with it. I'm okay with that. Yeah, but yeah, as you said, it's more grounded in reality. I mean, again, it was a CG trailer that was mimicking game. I would, I would help to think that it was mimicking gameplay. But yeah, I think we need to f just check uh, check the E3 coverage about this game and see what more we can find out about it. But it looked freaky indeed. Looked really freaky. You know, lucky freaky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. There were some other stuff in there, but we're gonna skip it. Like the middle part, the middle part of that whole press conference. Oh, by the way, kind of for the Division Two, they announced the Division Two movie is coming out, and they partnered oh, yeah. with Netflix to do it. And Jake Gyllenhaal and Jessica Chastain are gonna star in the movie. That's something I forgot to mention. Yeah, forgot about that one. Completely because yeah. yeah yeah I think it's gonna be cool. Everything is get everything is getting a crash on Netflix movie. Yeah, and honestly, I'm not sure if you want to trust Netflix with a project like this, considering that their anime movies are kind of trash. Yeah, I think this but, is gonna be a live action sure. movie, kind of like uh, I forgot the name, the movie they did with uh, Ben Affleck uh, a while back that came out in March or in uh, April. This uh, mm -hmm. this. Three Kings kind of movie. I would, uh, if it's gonna be Isn't that style, good? I'm okay. Yeah, I liked it. Was it directed by him? Was it directed by Ben Affleck? I don't think so. Because that would be the only that would be the only reason that would actually make any sense. Uh, I don't to think it was directed by uh, by uh, Ben Affleck. But let me just double check that, and I can also check the name. Um, yeah. While we're oh. 
while you're, while you're checking that, um, let's go into the next game on the list here, which is For Honor getting li a limited time event, which, again, they showed with the CG trailer. So I'm not really sure what was going on there. Saw some weird kind of possession things kind of going on. A, with some I think that was an in-game trailer, by the way. That was in-game? I think that was in-game because the, the For Honor looks really nice. Wow, okay. Yeah. The movie is called uh, Triple Frontier, and it's not directed by himself. Wow, really? Okay. Yeah, but uh, Oscar Isaac is playing in it as well, who plays uh, Poe Dameron in Star Wars. And uh, Charlie Hunnam plays in it, who I always keep mixing up. But one of the guys who plays in it was the lead in Tron Legacy. And the other guy that plays in it was the lead in Narcos season one and two, the white guy with the mustache. Okay. So it's a pretty famous cast. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Well, if they can pull that off, then it would be probably the first time a... Yeah, I, what would I say? I said it this the um, other week. Uh, for example, Assassin's Creed, the movie, I didn't think it was yeah. that bad. It could have definitely been better, but it wasn't that bad. Okay, I mean, I haven't seen that movie. Oh, before. I expected worse going into that movie, and I thought it was okay. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Well, we'll see. we'll see when that time comes. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the, the, the For Honor thing looked really weird uh, did you get what that event was about it's something around this ancient temple with the samurai and then there's this character everybody tries to beat and that character possesses something or is like this mythical character and it's unbeatable and the trailer was kind of vague around it it looked kind of spooky um, it's a limited time event that's coming to the to for honor um I did play For Honor on the PlayStation, and I, it's a fun game, but it's kind of hard to master because uh, the mechanics is it's, it's you have to take time to get to master the game. Yeah, I think that's the point. Did was it this game or was it For Honor? Or was it some other game? I saw a recent article. I think, I think it was For Honor. I saw an article a while back on Kotaku that. Two players had mastered the game's mechanics so well that they could wipe the floor with any other player with their bare hands. Uh-oh. I'm not 100% sure if it was For Honor or some other um, weapon combat style game like For Honor, but I'm pretty sure it was. Maybe it's uh, Absolver? I don't, I don't know. May, I, I'll have to look it up later, and if, if need be, we'll bring it up. But cool. yeah, that, that was freaky. So yeah, For Honor has apparently a very good player base. Yeah, it's a very dedicated. It's player. one of those games that Ubi brought out. They dropped the ball and they fixed it and they made it amazing in the post-launch process by bringing out amazing stuff like adding dedicated servers and stuff like that. But you know, it's one of those situations in which I've said multiple times, Ubi knows how to do a live service. They just kind of drop the ball when it comes out and they fix it afterwards. Yeah. That's true. So do you want to talk about the last game on this list before I move on? Don't you want to talk about uh, Just Dance and it coming to the Wii? No. <laughs> no. 
It's just dance. You know what it is. We're moving on from that. Uh, they also showed a rollerblade game, a multiplayer roller skate game. I have no idea why they did that. Yeah, I was going to check it out today, but I ran into some other things that I was trying to do that I couldn't get to. So um, I'll check it out somewhere in this week. I think it's going to be up for, I think, the rest of the month, the beta. So kind of curious to see all that. Yeah, that's a funny thing that I mentioned it to you yesterday. They're going to do a technical alpha. Why would you do it on a PC? This is one of those games where I would think that it's best played with a controller instead of on a PC. Um, because you play is not available on Xbox or on PlayStation. Yeah, but you can still do alphas play. on PlayStation and on Xbox. There are developers who have done it, but they probably want to control yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Talking, I mean, they they did they did the 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 beta thing for the division too, so yeah, that was closer to launch. Talking about UPlay, they kind of came up with their own Origin Access. Stuff you play plus, um, yeah. I'm kind of I'm starting to get streaming slash subscription service fatigue because uh, it's uh, what the second okay. one already oh, besides uh, what Orion or I'm just gonna say it's all the same to me. If you have a subscription service or you have a a streaming service, you know. Again, Orion was not a subscription service. No, okay, but, but sure. it feels the same. You know, it's another service I can subscribe to. And yeah, I don't. Yeah. I'm not ready for that. And they said it's a hundred plus games. It will be available on Stadia. Whoop de do. And it costs fifteen bucks a month. It costs fifteen bucks a month. So let me just. So why would you that. do this and also get a Stadia Pro? You know what? I don't want to get into this. But no, no, let's let's indulge. So yeah, I have a right, PlayStation. Sure. So I get my PS yeah. Plus, which costs me five bucks a month, roughly. Yeah. I have. Uh, PC, so say I get Origin Access, which is 15, so it's 20 bucks a month. I get the Ubisoft service, which is 15 bucks, which is 35. I get which is also PC only, by yeah. The way. I get Stadia because I can't play the Ubisoft Plus without Stadia, at least if I don't have a good PC. So that's another 15 bucks. So I'm at what 60 now. Mm-hmm. And then if I want to go overboard... That's not even counting stuff like PlayStation Now. Yeah, so if I want PlayStation Now, that's an additional 10 or 15 bucks. And if I want Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, that's an additional 15 bucks. So I'm going to spend almost 100 bucks because definitely other publishers will come up with their own streaming service or subscription service. Or maybe I also need to pay for xCloud because that's not in my Ultimate Game Pass. So I'm going to pay 100 bucks on subscription services a month to be able to play all those games. Hell no. Well, have, well, have they said that X-play, uh, xCloud, would, X-play, xCloud would be its own subscription? Because they could do the... Like, if they did the smart thing, they would, in, they would have an option to have xCloud be a part of that ultimate bundle that they just announced. Or give me the choice and say... If you have an Xbox, you can use the own console streaming for free because you already have the box in house and we'll give you the software for free. And if you don't have it, we can provide you with the, the service for 10 bucks a month. Or if you want Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, we'll charge you 20 bucks and then you have it all. If they do something like that, they'll nail it. If they'll charge you a separate fee for it, I honestly don't know. Yeah, so 
I something that we actually overlooked yesterday with the Microsoft press event when we were talking about the XCloud thing. They were also talking about the whole um, that turning your your console into your own server. That's free. And have they confirmed that? You don't. Yeah, that that is free. Okay, that's good. Because I checked because I checked some uh, some other reactions and stuff about that and some articles. And they said that that option is free. If you wanted to do the streaming stuff without, if you don't have, like, for example, an Xbox 360, the xCloud stuff specifically, that you have to pay for. But I don't think they actually mentioned anything around the payment around xCloud just yet. But the the, 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 the console server thing, that's free as long as you own the games, of course. That's nice. Yeah, that is nice. Maybe I'll finally start so, using my Xbox. Wait, you have an Xbox? Don't you know that I have an Xbox One? No, I did not. I bought it as an impulse because I really wanted to play Forza Horizon 3. You with your impulses. Yeah, and <laughs> no, but you know the funny part? It's not even me. It's So a friend of mine, he talked about Forza Horizon 3, and he said, oh, it's so awesome, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, let show, let me show it to me. And I, I saw it in a video. I'm like, okay, this looks fun. And then for weeks, he said, oh, I don't know if you buy an Xbox. Uh, and then... I saw an Xbox Plus Horizon or Xbox One S Plus Horizon 3 for 189 euros. So I said to the guy, if you'll buy one, I'll buy one. And before mm. I know it, I bought one. <laughs> I got it. Uh, I played a bit of Forza Horizon 3. I played and finished Rome Rise, Son of Rome, because that's a game that I really wanted to play. Uh, mm -hmm. I got Xbox Game Pass for a month and I never used it. And then I turned it off. Or did I? I don't know. I have to check that. <laughs> <laughs> He's been paying Microsoft free money uh, for years. I, I, I'm balls deep in, uh, <laughs> in subscription services. So I'm paying a lot of subscription <laughs> services I don't use. I, played for, I paid for EA Access uh, for months, whereas I, I only bought it initially to play Battlefield a week earlier. And I had already... Uh, pre-purchased Battlefield uh, for the PC. Um, oh my! God. But yeah, if if XCloud comes out, I might be able to finally use it, and I'll be uh, play playing Xbox stuff on the go. Yeah, and then you can add you play to that. I will say this though: I did sign up for the free month just to see what it's like. So I would recommend you do that too, since it's coming out in September for you play. Um, for you play just to see what it's like yeah. and if it, how effective it is and i'm pretty sure in september there's going to be a bunch of ubisoft games out by then anyway so we can try those out while that is happening. maybe we can do it in uh, november when stadia comes out and we can double check how it works yeah um so the last thing on our list um was a game that i don't think anybody was expecting uh called Gods and Monsters, which is made by the um, Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Odyssey team. Yeah. Yeah, which looks really cool. Yeah. It uh, has this stylized feel, kind of looks like Breath of the Wild meets um, Jason and the Argonauts. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's set in Greece, of course, because of course it is. Um, but yeah, it looked really cool. I'm, I'm really dying to see some gameplay footage from that. It's going to come out in February, which is pretty soon. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah it's a 2020 title. Because uh, seven, eight months away. The Odyssey team wrapped up Odyssey last year. So, and we were talking about this and, yesterday. Well, yeah. It's that Ubisoft has, I know for Assassin's Creed, and I still don't know if they do it right now, but at times there are 12 studios in different time zones working on, for example, an Assassin's Creed game. That's kind of the way they were able to churn them out so fast. Uh, yeah. And what they're doing now is they take one studio who takes the lead on the game and they work on the game for a minimum of two years at least. And they get support from different studios from uh, Ubisoft that do certain mechanics. So, for example, the water in uh, Assassin's Creed Black Flag, for example, the sailing mechanic and also in Origins and in Odyssey, the boat mechanics that was done by, I believe, Ubisoft Singapore and out of that game, Skull and Bones, which they didn't show at this E3, but which is basically a huge ass pirate game. Mm. So they have different studios doing multiple things. They do the same thing with the division, but on a smaller scale. Yeah. yeah I mean, it looks cool. I'm curious to see how it plays. Um, overall, I don't know. Overall, I'd give the, the games aside that I'm actually looking forward to. I would give the overall presentation maybe a seven. Yeah, I'm thinking about a seven to seven and a half. The games they have are fun games to look forward to. It's just that it's nothing to look forward to this year. And not and they enough most of them, with the exception of Legion, they barely showed any gameplay if at all. Yeah, the, the only games I really want to play this year is Division and Ghost Recon, and that's it. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking forward to the Division stuff, but yeah, I mean, we can always try the Ghost Recon stuff later in the year, too. Yeah, definitely. It's all co-op. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah, it, wow, it is all co-op, isn't it? Hmm. Um, right, so let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll be talking about Square Enix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, welcome back to our second segment of uh, E3 Day 1 slash Day 0. We're going to talk about Square Enix in a bit, um, Mm -hmm. but a small press conference that happened yesterday as well was the AMD press conference. Um, Breaking news. So AMD basically announced... um, the first Navi GPU that's actually going to come out because we know that the PlayStation, whatever it's going to be called, and the Xbox Scarlet or Project Scarlet are going to run on Navi GPUs. But AMD is bringing out the Navi GPUs to PC first, and that's going to happen on July 7th. And yeah. they're going to call it the RX. Oh, soon. Yeah, that's in a couple of weeks. And they're going to call it the RX 5700 XT and the RX 5700. And Mm -hmm. they're aimed to compete with the NVIDIA RTX 2070 and 2060. So they are aiming at at an affordable segment instead of going to to compete with the 2080 and the 2080 Ti. Um, The AMD is positioning the GPU as the best GPU for 1440p gaming. 
And it is also a GPU that supports PCIe 4.0. So there's not actually a motherboard available, I think, as of yet that kind of has that. Maybe not mainstream motherboards. Um, is the GPUs do not have hardware uh, ray tracing support. That's something the RTX graphic cards do have. But these consoles, uh, these car- graphics cards will be able to uh, support art, uh, ray tracing, I think, through, for example, the direct ray tracing from Microsoft. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They said that they will be introducing the hardware for ray tracing in upcoming GPUs. Uh, I think those might be the higher segment GPUs. They've also announced pricing, and pricing is. Four forty nine dollars for the fifty seven hundred XT, so that's the twenty seventy competitor, and the the fifty seven hundred RX is three hundred and seventy nine dollars. Okay, well, that doesn't seem too bad. Yeah, and in some cases, for example, the RX fifty seven hundred XT is performing a bit better than the twenty seventy from Nvidia. So. Yeah, if you want that, I honestly I have a G- Nvidia GPU. I've always chosen Nvidia because generally they are in they do produce better GPUs. It's just that they charge a premium for it, but then you do get the best <laughs> stuff for it. Yeah, so if you're if you want the same performance but you want it a bit cheaper, um, this is thinking this is I think a GPU to go for, even though they're similarly priced as a uh, as a twenty seventy. Uh, in that range, but who knows what will happen when they eventually come out. Uh, the second cool. thing they announced was uh, the a new Ryzen processor, specifically aimed at gaming. Um, it is a 16-core processor running at 3.5 gigahertz. You can turbo boost it to 4.7 gigahertz. Um, it's yeah, it's world's first 16-core gaming CPU, as AMD calls it. It's gonna be available in September. Um, it's a the Ryzen. It's the Ryzen three architecture, I think. Okay, so it's not um the one that they announced a couple of weeks ago, the Ryzen. Here it says, 9? yeah, it says AMD Ryzen nine, and then it's the 3950X. To be honest, I'm not really. I I also use Intel CPU, so I know that AMD has certain benefits. They can they always have more cores, but the processor names don't really say something. I generally know like Core i7, i5, Ivy Bridge, Any Bridge, stuff like that. that I know. As for AMD, it's I don't know. Um, pricing for the 16 core is seven hundred and forty nine dollars. Um. They also have other CPUs with lesser cores, which are also aimed at gaming, which, of course, are a bit more affordable. But yeah, then again, I don't know what you would want to do with a 16-core gaming CPU because games don't use 16 cores. I think they're trying to future-proof. I I hope so. I think so. But I mean, and and, and ass- assuming that. Because we know that Microsoft is working with AMD on their custom chip, assuming that it's using a similar kind of architecture to run processes on the on Project Scarlet, one would assume that those systems would also probably be using either at least an eight core or a sixteen core. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's just that when you're console developing, you optimize your hardware because you only have that. Whereas when you're doing games on a PC, there's a, vi- a wide variety of CPUs. So, yeah, I don't... It could also be trying to clear the overhead from other programs that might be running on your PC. Yeah, yeah, because what the feeling I get with this is, okay, if they're trying to future-proof it, why would I buy this instead of just wait a few more years and then buy a cheaper variant of this CPU because then the technology is A, affordable, and B, the games will actually utilize it instead of... It, it almost feels like I'm buying an 8K TV but we don't have any 8K content. So in five years, hopefully we'll have 8K content and then I'll be able to enjoy the glorious 8K. But until that time, <laughs> I'm paying an 8K premium to get an 8K TV, which I can't use in 8K. That's a lot of 8Ks. Yeah, that is a lot of Ks. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> that's, uh, that's uh, AMD. Now we're back to you in the studio for Square Enix. Yeah, thanks, Sean Templar. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, Square Enix. I will say that I just I saw this in the morning because I didn't stay up to watch it because, well, I, I, I that's just insane. Um, but, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. Now, full disclosure, and I'm sure that you guys already are aware of this, but if you're not, if you're new, first of all, welcome. Thank you for listening to Game Rivals. Um, I hope you continue to listen to us. Um, and secondly, um, I love JRPGs. I am an avid JRPG fan. I love all the tropes, even the ones that are tired. But I love them because they are the tropes that I grew up with. I do not like JRPGs. <laughs> that being said, to me, this was a reasonably more appealing production like the overall production was well way better than bethesda leaps and bounds by bethesda and it was a tighter it was a tighter flow than ubisoft even though it kind of tanked in the middle um but the overall presentation and everything and the games that were announced were appealing to me, so I enjoyed it. I'm not gonna say I enjoyed it immensely because we're gonna talk about the third segment. Um, and we, if you've already heard part one of our coverage yesterday, you know that we were also going stark raving mad for Microsoft, which was something that I did not expect them to do. But yeah, Square Enix, the first. And this was, I thought, because I thought it was going to be a digital thing. It ended up being an actual press event for about an hour or so. Um, And it was, yeah, it was a proper press event. They didn't have a lot of talking. And when they did, they, for the most part, backed it up with stuff. And, of course, the first thing they showed was the Final Fantasy VII Remake. Which looks really good. It, it's a very, very pretty game. And um, yeah, it kind of makes me glad that I own a PlayStation 4 so I can at least play it on that because we know that they're not going to bring it to the Switch. What? Nani? Am well, I that hearing and... you say I'm glad I own a PlayStation 4? 
Oh, hush you. I have never heard you say those words. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to grab a soundbite from this recording, and I'm just going to save that in my phone. Can I? Oh, so I can always play it to you. Like, hey, did you what that guy said? Yeah. Let me just play that for you. You're going to hear yeah, that. Too in, bad in, that I'm the one that edits these episodes, so good luck getting that. Oh, where there's a will, there's a way, my friend. <laughs> yeah, but back to the back to the course of hand, Final Fantasy VII. So it looked awesome. They started. Yes, it looked ridiculously awesome. Yeah. Um, to start off, they started off with a gameplay demo of the game. They showed off. Uh, they started off by showing off the combat, explaining how the combat works. So basically, how the combat works is as followed when you um when you're in an when you're during a battle you it's an active game so you press button you, you press a button to attack those are your normal attacks but doing these normal attacks you build up uh, a meter which which is called the atb meter and when uh you have a, a certain uh, if you have a second field you can use that A to B meter to use either a special attack, or if you have enough magic points and an A to B meter, you can even use um, certain magic spells, depending on if you have that spell equipped or not. So when you do this, it goes into this tactical mode where the game basically does this super slow-mo freeze frame thing and the camera pans around, and it's this matrix kind of thing. So when you're right in the middle of hitting an enemy while you go into this tactical view. It's this really badass-looking slow-motion uh, scene, which is really slow-mo, and you could essentially just put it on there like a screensaver and just look at it for the next five minutes. Does Keanu Reeves appear pretty... somewhere in that moment? Honestly, at this point, I would not be surprised if he did. <laughs> <laughs> but that would not be part of the canon. But they did say that they they... Because of all the horsepower and all the freedom that they have, they are changing stuff here and there about the story to make it more rich. So that's actually nice because, you know, Final Fantasy, as awesome as a game as it was, was still a JRPG and by the numbers for the most part, at least in terms of its story. Um, but yeah, to see them actually flesh it out is kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, the, 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 bat, the battle mechanics do seem interesting at that. So normal attacks, when you build up enough attack, you hit, you fill up your, a, your ATB meter, you have multiple segments. And of course, depending on the attack that you use, it uses a certain amount of meter. Um, and then they showed off a boss battle. The first boss battle and they did they did this thing where they neatly edited um the boss battle so i so it wasn't as long it wasn't the actual length of the whole boss battle but it did show the boss battle from start to finish um which during the presentation took i think about 5 minutes or so so imagine that i'm imagining that the actual battle takes maybe twice as long but you're just constantly you're constantly doing things. You're constantly attacking. You're switching characters. You're using your A to B meter. You're using your special attacks. You're using magic. Um, 
the characters are constantly bantering during the whole, well, not constantly, they're bantering during key moments during the battle, which is really cool because it gives them a more, um, not relatable, but you, you, it gives the characters more personality, which is, again, another cool aspect because let's, let's get real. Um, I don't know if you can get personality from a Popeye looking character, but you know, that was then and this is now. So they ended that with announcing that the game, and this is something that I haven't seen any reporting on as of yet. So don't take my word on it on this, but um, you and I, we actually sat down and we actually tried to decipher this as best as we possibly could. So this is very important for the people that are excited for Final Fantasy VII. Final Fantasy VII Remake is coming out on on two Blu-rays. Now, during the presentation, the translator said that the game, the first game, the first game, not first disc, the first game from this project is the Midgar, the Midgar chapter of the game. That's it. It's not the entire story. So those two Blu-rays cover nothing but the Midgar attack and the Midgar escape. Which, yeah, in the first game, that was the first disc of the game. The whole first disc took place on in Midgar. And when you finally escaped from Midgar and left and finally entered the overworld, that's when you switched to disc two. So again, not 100% sure on this, but we are very very sure of what we heard. It could have been a translate translator error. It could have not been. We don't know. No outlet has covered this yet because I think people are just way too excited to see Tifa in this, which, yeah, Tifa looked gorgeous in this trailer. I will admit that, but seriously, do not get distracted by boobs. Um, okay. Yeah. The, yeah, the, the, if that's true... Then you're paying 60 bucks for a part of a story which you used to have the complete. You can even buy Final Fantasy VII, the remastered version, on almost any platform that you own for 15 bucks, and that has the whole game. And now you're only paying for a chunk of the game for 60 bucks. And it has a first class edition. It comes with a whole bunch of stuff, a big ass. Um, cloud statue that he's riding on his motorcycle. It looks cool, but that whole packet costs more than three hundred bucks. There's one thing for a game that's not even complete. There's one thing I'm wondering. Um, based on what we've heard and seen, we suspect it's going to be an episodic game. Um, there's nothing available on pricing yet, so we don't know if they're going to charge sixty bucks. But say they do th- that. Oh, they're gonna charge sixty bucks. I'm, I'm guaranteed. Yeah, if they, they do that, if they're if they're if they're if they're bringing it out in such a big, elaborate way with a deluxe edition and a first class edition, yeah, they're charging sixty. Yeah, so they said that the game 
the content they have in there is so big it could be a game of its own and it is a game of its own yeah yeah let me put it this way is it i don't i've never played final fantasy 7 so i'm okay with it Uh, i'll see whatever uh, whatever but will people accept it because they're getting value for their money because they're just getting a shitload of content for 60 bucks or do you think people are going to freak out because they are going to have to buy and they're going to have to spend another 60 bucks just to finish the whole story the diehard fans are not going to care they you'll obviously have the vocal minority of course that are going to be upset about it um when they realize what it is um but un- again, unless it was a translator error that happened on stage, which again, no outlet has reported on just yet, um, it could also be that it was an error and it, the game indeed does take place on only two Blu-rays and the first disc is Midgar. So please keep that in mind. But from the if you want, the presentation is on their YouTube page. You can rewatch it there if you want. And listen to the translator yourself. Maybe we should but get our own uh, interpreter. To we know a guy that knows Japanese, so maybe we should have him listen to it and interpret it for us, word for word, so we know if the person that interpreted it is correct, or if we're maybe mixing it up or something. I mean, I, I guess I can get in touch with him and ask him if he watched it himself and agrees with what was said on stage. But yeah, sure. Just to be sure, because, you know, um, yeah. we wouldn't want to yeah, miss mean, the ball on well, this one. Or drop the ball on this one. Yeah, I mean, I can also just ask a friend of mine uh, in Japan to, to go over it if, if she has the time for it. Yeah, definitely. Um, but, but yeah, it is, it's, it's just, it's just, oh, it, that, like, that was a really weird revelation. I've been, for the past 24 hours, I've been scouring all these articles, but none of them have been talking about it. Let's just so, hope it's it's not what we think, but f- let's fear it's what we think. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, we'll we'll see. We'll see when it gets there. Um, hopefully, I again I was wrong, and uh, we made a big stink about nothing. And then that's better, right? Because it's better to make a big stink about nothing than you know find out that it's the truth. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so after that, they announced a bunch of other games. They showed some trailers. Um, real quickly, they showed a trailer for Life is Strange 2, which is already out, but I'm thinking that they're promoting the next chapter of the game, um, since that is, of course, a, an, an adventure game, old-school point-and-click adventure game. Um, they showed a trailer for Octopath Traveler, which is already out. They showed a trailer for The Last Remnant, yeah, the remaster's um, coming to Switch, right? For the remaster, the, the Shadow dropped the same day, which was nice. Oh, that's nice. Um, it cost 40 bucks, which is okay, I guess. Um, they showed a trailer for Dragon Quest Builders 2, which the guy doing the narration for that was... I don't know what kind of drugs he was on, but <laughs> I, I kind of want to try it out because he was super hyper about the game. Uh, I played um, the demo for the first Dragon Quest Builders, and I really liked it. I still want to buy Me the too. first one just because it's... Uh, I wasn't into Minecraft, but this is Minecraft in a f- 
fun way to put it that way yeah exactly it was it was it's really in a fun way plus the trailer showed some multiplayer aspects which i don't think the first game had oh, that's nice so i'm actually kind of looking forward to that um they also showed some dlc for kingdom hearts 3 but that was really vague um they showed the trailer for dragon quest 11 echoes of an elusive age for the switch which is the definitive edition Suck it, Sony PlayStation fanboys. Blah blah. We blah, are not. Blah. We may not be getting it first, but we are getting the best. Blah 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 blah. Um, they showed. Oh, this one was a fun one. They showed the Square Enix. Um, music is now streaming on, uh, basically any known music streaming platform known to man. There were a bunch of there there in the trailer. I was like, wait, what is this bleep bleep? What is bleep bleep? <laughs> this is a music streaming service. <laughs> never heard that sounds cool. <laughs> these, weird, these weird streaming services I've never heard for, uh, of before, but I'm assuming that these are available in other countries, maybe China or something. I have no idea. I want bleep bleep. I don't care about Spotify, Tidal, or Apple Music. Was I want bleep Or bleep. Blix Blix or something. I don't know, man. It was weird. Um, so they showed that. Um, they showed some of their Square Enix Collective games. That's their indie label. Um, yeah, I mean, I, they, it looked interesting enough. Um, they showed a the they showed a new trailer for Final Fantasy XIV's new expansion, Shadowbringers, which looks pretty dope. Adding two new classes. Um, I think one was the dancer, and the other one was. Oh, I can't can't remember. I didn't write it down. Um, I think the other was Blue Mage or something. Anyway, uh, moving on from that, they showed uh, two remakes of uh, uh, two remakes of two games that had never come out in the West. Um, this is their first time coming out. Romancing Saga Three, which was a Super Famicom game, which never came out in the West. Um, Super Famicom, of course, being the Japanese version of the Super Nintendo. Um, and Saga Scarlet Grace Ambitions, which I don't know which system that came out for. I think I think it was Sega Saturn, but I could be wrong. Um, so yeah, those are getting HD remixed. Rom- Romancing Saga 3 is actually, um, is actually all pixel art, and it looks really good. So I'm actually kind of curious about that one. Okay. Um, they showed off a mobile game. I'm not even going to get into that because I'm not going to get into that. Um, and then they showed a new IP um, from the makers of Bulletstorm and uh, what's the other game that they worked on? The um, Gears Five of uh, Gears of War Judgment uh, called possibly. Outriders. They showed a cinematic trailer. It's obviously a shooter set in a post-apocalyptic world, but it was so vague and there was not a lot of information about it. Um, but it is a, it is a game that has single player and co and co-op in it, so you can play it alone or play it with friends online. Um, and that's the most I honestly could gather from it. I've seen the I've seen the the footage twice. I've seen the interf- the dev interview of from it twice, and I'm still not 100% sure what it's actually about. Um, I think it was a 2020 title, so hopefully we'll see more of that, but 
yeah, I honestly mm, not too sure about that game. Um, hopefully, I'm, I mean, considering the pedigree, it'll probably have good shooting mechanics. But we don't know if it's a first-person or a third-person shooter, let alone. Um, so, yeah, I guess we'll just have to look to the future and see what... They did say They did say that they were going to show more stuff at the end of the year. So that might indicate that they'll show maybe a new trailer at the game... Um, at the Game Awards or something before that. But I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Um, they showed a new trailer for Oninaki, which is an action RPG from the same guys that made uh, I Am Setsuna and Lost Sphere, um, which looked pretty cool. It's an action RPG, so looking forward to that one. And then they dropped another big one. Final Fantasy VIII Remaster coming to all platforms, which is astounding because the rumor was the rumor was that Final Fantasy VIII never got a remake on any platform because of licensing issues with the game, specifically music licenses. So I don't know what kind of voodoo they pulled out of, but apparently they were able to resolve that, and now the game gets to be remastered. I think Final Fantasy VIII, the first Final Fantasy game I played, and I really liked that one. So this was one of those announcements that really got me excited. Yeah, and you should get more excited because it's coming out this year. Yeah, I just can't find a release date for it. No, I, they didn't announce a release date. They just said 2019. Nice. I'll be playing that yeah. on my PlayStation 4. <laughs> <laughs> and I will be picking it up, maybe? Honestly, personally, my my personal favorite of the three PlayStation 1 Final Fantasies was Final Fantasy IX. And, well, apparently the remaster had a bug in it that is not very good. I mean, it's not a game-breaking bug or anything, but it is a bug that can hamper your experience. Um, but it seems like they fixed it for Final Fantasy VII on Switch and Xbox, so... Um, maybe they fixed it also for Final Fantasy IX. I didn't see anything, any articles on that, but I'll have to check it out later and maybe pick it up. But yeah, Final Fantasy VIII. I was surprised because I honestly thought that if they were going to do something like that, they would probably have to go the, the remake route so that they didn't have to deal with the, the song rights. But if they were able to do that now, that's fine. Maybe they've taken the songs out that have the licensing issue in it. Mm, no, because they're actually an integral part of the the game's story. Ah, okay. So, yeah. Well, we'll just have um, to wait and, and see. Then, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. And then the last thing, which is the one that people were waiting for, which I know that they were waiting for because I have seen multiple reports that, like I said, the middle dragged a bit uh, too much. So people are getting very impatient for this. But they finally showed off Marvel Avengers for PlayStation and Xbox One. I think. Yeah. And it's a original story made by Crystal Dynamics. And the and um, which, uh, Idas Montreal. And Idas Montreal. Um, and it starts off with um, 
this thing called Avengers Day, where they're opening up a new West Coast headquarters in San Francisco. And surprise, surprise, the, the Golden Gate Bridge gets destroyed because, you know, you can't have anything in pop culture set in San Francisco without it getting destroyed unless it's a love story. So it looks interesting. It looks cool. It was mostly CG. I think even the gameplay aspect was um, emulated in CG. It said there was a gameplay trailer, but it looked too good to be true to be a gameplay trailer. Yeah, I, I mean, you can say that it's a gameplay trailer, trailer, and still have it be emulated through CG. Um, I don't know. Maybe it was. Maybe it wasn't. Only time will tell. But it looked interesting enough. The story sounds interesting enough because it takes place. Well, you start that game from that point, but then it does a time skip to five years later, and um, basically the whole world blames the Avengers for the event that happened. Um, so the Avengers ended up being disbanded. Superheroes are banned, I believe, something like that in the trailer. Yeah, the uh, the Avengers specifically. And during the whole event, Cap, uh, Captain America either died or went missing. So yeah, it's a bleak world. And now there's a new threat, threat on humanity and... It's time for the Avengers to reassemble, basically. Yeah. The funny thing is that uh, Nolan North is voicing uh, Iron Man slash Tony Stark. And I thought that was a really fitting character to voice. Uh, Troy Baker is in there as well. I just don't know which character he's voicing. Um, And we were, I was talking to you before we started. He's voicing uh, Bruce Banner slash the Hulk. Oh, that's nice. I was talking to you yeah. about a big game and I didn't know which game it was that was going to get a beta on PS4. I just found mm-hmm. the article and here it says Marvel mm-hmm. Avengers is out on May 15th, 2020, PlayStation 4, yep. Xbox One, mm-hmm. Stadia, and Windows PC. <laughs> a beta will be available on PS4 for players who pre-order. So this is that game that had the PS4 beta. Ah, yeah, okay. so, yeah, yeah. So that probably means it's going to be one of those betas that's close to launch. I oh, that means know. that. All oh, right, it, yeah, I totally forgot this game has multiplayer. Yeah, it also has co- it has co op and it has co op multiplayer. Yeah. yeah, um, I'm yeah. I'm cautious. It also has free DLC support. What? Yeah. What you didn't hear that part? I'm surprised by it. That's all. Yeah, it's free. So basically, the whole point is that they'll be adding more story parts and as the game lives on. No, and more, well, more um, abilities and more heroes. So the roster is going to grow as the game moves on. I hope this game will be able to separate itself from Marvel Ultimate Alliance. I'm pretty sure that it'll be very easy to distinguish it from it because Marvel Ultimate Alliance already starts off with a ridiculous amount of characters and it's only going to get more characters, but I'm jumping the gun a bit. Yeah, it, the so, it sounds cool. The story sounds cool. kind of gives me an endgame vibe, so. Yeah, yeah, it is that kind of, um, yeah, we got our asses whooped and there's even a cutscene that they shared of... Um, Iron Man, so Tony Stark and Bruce Banner talking about how uh, they f- that 
they lost and they failed uh, the world. And Tony was like, no, we failed him, obviously referring to Captain America. Um, but yeah, it looks interesting. I really hope that they deliver. Um, again, no real gameplay footage shown. His game's been in the work for a couple of years now, so um, well, it's not a long wait anymore. Yeah. I mean, hopefully, I, I'm not sure if they said that they would show anything on the show floor. Hopefully they do. If not, well, we still have a whole year to wait for the game to come out, so we'll probably see more of it as time goes along anyways. True. All right. Do you have any other uh, questions or remarks about Square Enix? Uh, what, how would Square you rate them? Ah, right. How would I rate this one? From a completely presentation standpoint, I would probably give them an 8. For the games they announced, I would probably give them a 7, which would round it off to a 7.5. I would expect it to be the other way around, since you're a big JRPG fan. Yeah, don't get me wrong. The games that they announced were awesome. They were awesome games. It's just that... There were also a bunch of games that I honestly did not care about, or there were games that we already knew that was coming out anyway, so great, but did not need to know about it. And some even got in, getting some kind of disappointing news, like with um, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles also coming to smartphones, which means that the remake is the sorry the remake the remaster is not going to look as good as it could have been yeah because they have to factor in weaker mobile is the future yeah sure <laughs> all right let's uh move on to the next segment and we'll see you guys in a little bit <laughs> All right, we're back with the final segment of this uh, episode in which we will be talking about the Nintendo Direct. Um, Sean Templar, have you been able to at least see or hear of any of the announcements that were made? Uh, I had a mix-up in the time because I'm in a different time zone, so I wasn't able to check the Direct. But what I've done is, is uh, <laughs> I've uh, caught up a little bit in the meanwhile, so... I do kind of know what we're talking about. Okay. <laughs> Caught up in a different time. But uh, I think it's be best if you just uh, walk us through it. Sure. Um, I'm just going to go through it, Cliff Notes version, and I'm just going to emphasize stuff that really grabbed my attention. Um, I was going to do a reaction video to this, but I had some technical difficulties which did not allow me to do that um so that's unfortunate because i i i had some i had some reactions to this um and not just because it's a nintendo thing but we'll get into that as we continue on so the direct um started off actually very innocently enough with the first uh item on the list being of course the new dlc character for um Smash Brothers Ultimate, which was done very well because it started off with Link being attacked by a bunch of uh, shadow clones, the spirit um, 
uh, spirit uh, characters from the World of Light um, single-player game. And he was getting his ass handed to him. And then, I kid you not, a knight on a white horse came riding in to save Link's butt. Which either has to be one of the most emasculating things that has ever happened to Link since he got rescued by Sheik, which ended up being Zelda, or this really is the most emasculating thing that's ever happened to him. Cool reveal, though, by the way, because it was the Dragon Quest hero um, from the latest Dragon Quest, Dragon Quest XI. But in a surprise twist, they showed that it's not just that hero. The hero is four specific heroes. So the one from Dragon Quest XI, the one from Dragon Quest VIII, the one from Dragon Quest V, and the one from the original Dragon Quest. They're basically palette swaps, so it's still one character, but you can choose which of the four heroes you want to be. And those, of course, have color variations, but that is a really cool reveal and a really cool way to include multiple characters by not technically having multiple characters. Um, so, yeah, that was a really cool reveal trailer for that. Um, Did they give an announcement that... uh, from when it's coming? Um, they said summer. Okay. So in the next three months, which is good because it because the first DLC got uh, released about a month or so ago. So I'm I'm actually kind of surprised they waited this long. Um. Oh, damn. Okay. So from what I can see, it's not just that. Basically, the hero. Um. So basically, what you what you normally have is you have a color swap of the character but every color swap is a different hero from a different game so i just saw that there's also three other ones that they are, that that's uh that are basically palette swaps um the hero from i think dragon quest 6 but i'm not sure the hero from dragon quest 7 and the hero from dragon quest 9 which was a ds exclusive so yay um, they, uh, showed off Dragon Quest XI and, uh, confirmed an actual release date, even though it said fall of 2019 at the end of the trailer, which was weird. Um, it's coming out September 27th, 2019, which is not that far away. Um, then they showed some gameplay, re- uh, some gameplay from Luigi's Mansion 3, which was really cool. They showed the new Poltergust and what abilities it had. Um, it showed how you can now slam Ghost around like your Bam Bam from the Flintstones um, <laughs> with a very satisfying thud and animation to it. Um, it has multiplayer, like the like uh, Luigi's Mansion 2 had multiplayer. Um, but you can, you can also just or use... Or? Yeah, you can, yeah, you can do, uh, you can do um, couch co-op with it. Um, and you, and it also has a eight player online multiplayer um, game where you try and catch as many ghosts as possible, and the one who catches the most ghosts win, and a bunch of other games that are multiplayer online, which is ridiculous. Eight players. Um, they did something similar in Luigi's Mansion Two, 
with up to four players, I if I recall. So yeah, that's actually pretty cool. Um, they showed off uh, a tactics game called the Dark Crystal, um, which is coming to Switch. They showed off some more gameplay footage of the new of of the remake of Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening, which just looks charming as all get out. It's just the it's so adorable. It even has a, a new amiibo coming out, and like the aesthetics is kind of toy like. So it getting uh, the Link getting an amiibo from that actually makes sense because it looks toy like and it looks adorable. And then, oh right. Before I go on, that actually also got a release date, September 20th. So September is going to be busy for a lot of gamers. Seriously, between this and um, what's coming out in September again, what we have from Ubisoft. Um, is Ubisoft doing something in September? Wasn't there a game coming out from Ubisoft in September? I think you mean October. Uh, then uh, Ghost Recon Breakpoint is coming out. What was the other... Or was it a Square Enix game that was coming out in September? Uh, I don't know. I know that there's a bunch of games. See, there's too much games already coming out in September. September is too crowded. And then they're adding this as well. And and uh, Dragon Quest uh, Eleven as well. Why? Why are you doing this to us, man? We don't have the money or the time. Ugh, yeesh. But yeah, after they announced that, they, as I stated in this previous uh, segment, I am a big fan of JRPGs. Little background information. My favorite RPG of all time is Secret of Mana for the Super Nintendo. It is one of my favorite games. It was my first RPG that I played. And they announced a sequel for that back in the day for the Super Nintendo, which never came out in the West, called Saiken Desetsu 3, which is the Japanese title for the Mana games there. And it never saw a release. And I honestly thought that they would never, ever release this game. And then, after Link's Awakening, they showed off a trailer for a remake of that specific game. I cried. I cried. Legit tears, like, just of happiness down my eyes. Trails of Mana. It has an official title. It has an official worldwide release coming early 2020. And I just lost it. Oh, my God. Because it was something that... Because I was, like... Imagine, imagine knowing that, for example, Metal Gear Solid 2 was announced, but it only came out in Japan and there was no official translation for 20 plus years. Wouldn't you go apeshit to finally be able to play that game? Yeah, but the cry, I mean, come on. No, because uh, it's okay. you have to it's imagine... Okay. Be- you have to imagine because I was looking forward to this game as a kid a long time ago, and it never came out. And now that it's actually coming out, it's it's like this re um, like this reimagining. It just I don't know what kind of topsy turvy world we're living in because a the remake looks gorgeous compared to the remake that they did for Secret of Mana, which is my favorite game, and they butchered that remake. I think I told you about this before. I actually mentioned it in, well, I think, one of the earlier episodes of the podcast. I think it was during our year in review podcast, actually. 
Um, so if you guys haven't listened to that yet, please go back and listen to that one. Um, because we talk about a lot of fun things about 2018, including that horrible remake. But yeah, so plus they did not even stop there because they also announced a collection of the first three Mana games that was released in Japan back in 2017 when the Switch launched. And we thought that that was never coming out because that included that third Mana game that never got localized. And that too is also localized. So if you want to play Trials of Mana before the remake comes out, you can buy the collection, which has these three games, and play it, which is ridiculous. And they shadow dropped the collection on the same day. So it's out right now. That's just crazy. Well, well you know what's crazy? And I'm actually... What? That The Witcher 3 is coming to the Switch. Crazy, yes, but also the worst kept secret in the industry. Yeah, but The Witcher 3 um, ran poorly on PlayStation and on Xbox. I wonder how this is going to perform on the Switch. I want to know what studio is uh, doing the port, because depending on the studio, it could either be a surprisingly good port or it could be a surprisingly medium port. Uh, so I thought yeah, I mean CD I don't Project Red not doing it in in house. No 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 nobody does their ports in house. They either go to one of the many uh, porting porting uh, developers that port games to the Switch. One of the best ones is is Panic Button, which did the the Doom twenty sixteen port and uh, uh, Wolfenstein two the New Colossus. They're one of the best in the biz. Maybe they got those, but guys. I don't. But I don't that's see that's the thing because I don't know if they did because there are other studios that do it. There's one studio called I think Tantalus that did um I think one of the Final Fantasy remakes. I think they did the port for Final Fantasy 10 10 2 and then there's another another dev that did Final Fantasy 9 and 7 um and you can really and you can kind of tell that they were done by different teams because they had to put in a lot of effort because they didn't get a lot of leeway from Square Enix because, of course, they tried to cheap out. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure who's doing the, the thing. Um, I will say this. I wasn't paying attention to the trailer when it um, when it was shown because I was still trying to compose myself after Trials of Mana. Um, but yeah, um, worst kept secret, but still cool to see that it actually is true because there, there were so many rumors about it and for months and months that at a certain point, either it was going to be true or it was going to be one of the biggest lies out there. So it's nice to see that it ended up being true. Um, for those that are looking forward to it, I'm sure they're going to pick it up for the Switch. Um, I'm sure there are people out there that don't care that it doesn't look as good as the PlayStation 4 version or the Xbox One version or the PC version. They just want the portability of it. Um, after that, they showed a story trailer for the new Fire Emblem King called Three Houses, 
which looked really interesting and actually showed conflict for the first time in that game because all the footage that we've and coverage that we've seen so far was that it was a peaceful nation, which would be really weird if you had a game that was just peaceful and not, you know, a sim of any kind. So it's actually nice to see that there eventually will be a conflict there that you have to resolve. And it looked really interesting. Um, looks really good. Uh, they've been polishing the game up more and more and more as it's coming closer to uh, release, which is next month, July the 26th. And then they showed the obvious stuff. Um, they showed, again, a new Resident Evil remake. Or, well, not a new Resident Evil remake. They showed off the Resident Evil remakes that they just released on Switch. So Resident Evil remake, Resident Evil um, Zero remake, and Resident Evil 4. And then they showed off new Resident Evil remakes for, get this, Resident Evil 5 and 6. I get the 5 part, but why in God's name would they do 6? I, I ask Capcom at this point. I, I've tried. I've tried. I've I've tried, and I've just given up on trying to understand the logic that is Capcom when it comes to um, switch ports. It's just these are the most bizarre decisions one can make. I I also get five because at least five is playable. Six is garbage. From what I've heard, I've never played it, but I from what I've read and heard sucked. people talk about, yeah, that that was basically the reaction I got. <laughs> oh, yeah. The only other reason I can possibly think of as to why they did it is because they wanted to have all the Resident Evils available on the Nintendo consoles. And considering that Resident Evil 5 never made it to Wii U, and 6 never made it to Wii U, they felt that it needed to be ported at least to the Switch as well. I'm not sure if these games are also coming out on other systems, but honestly, it's Capcom. I wouldn't put it past them to earn a little more coin on other systems. So I'm assuming that it's also coming to PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. But why 6? But any other game... like. Final Fantasy, uh, Final Fantasy, good grief, that is on my mind, isn't it? Um, Resident Evil 3 and Resident Evil Code Veronica have yet to re even receive HD remakes. Do those. At least people like those. I think people like those. At least more than Final Fantasy, uh, gosh darn it, Resident Evil 6. Uh, it's just so weird. Anyway, it's coming out... Sometime 2019. Just weird. Um, what was even more weird was the next reveal trailer, which seemed like some weird Japanese-style game. And it turned out it is a weird Japanese-style game because it was No More Heroes 2, 3, a sequel to uh, the no More, he no More Heroes franchise that people have been wanting for for years. From uh, Grasshopper Manufacturer and uh, um, Goichi Suda. So yeah, that was that was weird. It looked really nice, by the way. I don't know if you've checked out the trailers and screenshots of it, but it looked really nice. Not yet. Um, and it's done in Unreal Engine, so you know that it's solid, and it's coming out in twenty twenty. So there's that. 
And then they showed off a new Contra game, which looked terrible, called Contra Road Core. I'm not going to talk about it. It's coming out September 24th. To me, it looked unbelievably horrible. So let's move on from that. They also shadow dropped the Contra Collection, which I honestly recommend getting that over this. So, yeah, just get Contra Collection on your Switch or um, or whatever system you're on and just play that because those games are obviously way better than this. Like, if you just check out the trailer, it's terrible. Um, and then they showed off a new trailer for uh, Damon X Machina, which is a game that Nintendo is publishing um, made by a, uh, which made by Marvelous or co-publishing with Marvelous. Um, which is a game that they already announced, like I think two years ago. It looks cool. I tried, I tried the 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 demo earlier this year. Um, it kind of ran bad, so hopefully they've improved on it. Um, it now actually has a release date because that also didn't have a release date before, and this one is coming out September thirteenth. Good grief! There's so many games coming out in September. All right. Um, moving on before I um get swallowed up by all the September releases. Um, they announced another remake, this time from Sega, which is the Panzer Dragoon game. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of Panzer uh, Dragoon, Sean Templar. Uh, I've heard of it, but I've never kind of, I've never actually played a game. Yeah, so Panzer Dragoon is a uh, on-rails uh, shooter that got its start on Saturn. It was... Uh, one of the better 3D Saturn games, but considering that it was on the Saturn, it was darn right near impossible to port anywhere else because the Saturn, because making games for the Saturn, especially a 3D game, was just a ludicrous task to do. So the fact that they were able to pull it off and pull it off good was amazing. And that finally got, it's getting a remake on Switch, but I think it's also announced for other consoles. I think it's also coming out for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. So that's actually a cool uh, announcement. Um, then they talked about a, about Pokemon a bit, so I'm going to skip that. Um, they showed a new trailer for Astral Chain from Platinum Games, which is a awesome-looking uh, action-adventure game where you're playing uh, one of two twin cops in this... Um, post-apocalyptic kind of world, this cyberpunky or neon cyberpunky world where um, the earth is being invaded by these creatures and you can capture these creatures to work for you called Legion and you're a legionnaire um, and you can do this killer dual combos. There are certain types of legions that you can ride as, as like these big dogs and something. It looks really cool. Um, the action looks tight, so I can't wait to play it. It's coming out August 30, but Rio, but that day was already announced, so that's August. Um, they showed off more of uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, which looks really cool. Um, they announced an expansion pass for that as well, which introduces more content from Marvel Knights, X-Men, and Fantastic Four, which, of course, they're, they're finally able to do because, you know, Disney bought Fox, so, you know, Fantastic Four is now on the table. Um, they showed off Cadence of Hyrule, which is, of course, that indie game that um, that is Crypt of the Necrodancer with Legend of Zelda characters, 
which is coming out in two days. Trailer looks cool. Check it out um, if you're interested in that. Um, then they showed off Mario and Sonic at the Tokyo Olympics. Um, they showed off more Dragon Quest stuff and a bunch of other stuff. Um, Wolfenstein Youngblood, you know, all the stuff that we already know about. And then they finally announced that, yes, there is a new Animal Crossing coming. No, it's not coming this year, as they said. They lied to us. It's coming out in March of 2020. So that's sad. But it looks really nice. I mean, again, I talked about it in one of my um, what, what You've Been Playing a couple of weeks ago that was playing uh, New Leaf on 3DS. And it's just a really nice way to just unwind from a hard day's work and just relax and chill out with a bunch of animals. Um, it seems to have a really cool online feature, but, well, they just sold it off in the trailer at the end. So I'm kind of curious to see how that works. Maybe it's kind of a um, kind of a semi-MMO kind of style thing because you saw a lot of players in the same place just chilling with each other, which that series has never done before. You could go to other people's villages, but that's about it. So I'm kind of curious to see how this works. And then they ended it off with a double whammy. They showed off another character coming to Smash Brothers, which... I honestly thought that would never happen before, would never, ever, ever happen. But they're bringing Banjo-Kazooie to Smash Ultimate, which is something that a lot of people... Yeah, yeah, exactly. People have been asking for that for a long time, and I was like, you silly gooses. Can they do that? It's never going to happen. Apparently they can, because he's coming out this fall. And I have to say, the reveal was pretty hilarious because they, again, trolled everybody. Because they were like, oh, look, it's a jiggy floating around. And Donkey Kong is like, who's there? And they're looking out the window. And they see the silhouette of Banjo-Kazooie, but it ended up being the duck hunt dog with his duck buddy. And then they're laughing at that at Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong and K. Rule. And then out of the sky, Banjo and Kazooie plop down on their asses and then start wrecking everybody's shit. Which is just, the reveal is hilarious. I recommend you checking out that trailer for that. It's really funny. But as I said, they landed with a double whammy. That was one. The other was a sequel. A sequel to a title that I didn't even expect that would even get a sequel, which is The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Getting a sequel. And from the looks of it, a dark one at that. Not since Majora's Marks have they, have they done something like this, except for maybe a link between worlds, but that wasn't really as that wasn't really dark. But this one seems to be going in that dark direction. So yeah, that was yeah, that was the direct. Um I'm sure it look creepy for that one. <laughs> yeah, you, I didn't like that you one. Said, you, you didn't wait. You didn't like that one. I don't like the creepy ass stuff. It was really weird, man. Uh, man, just be glad they didn't witch. show off spiders, man. Because yeah. <laughs> you know there'd be spiders in there. Man. Yeah, that's why I'm not gonna play that game. <laughs> I don't need no comic cell shaded spiders walking at me. It looked it looked interesting. I mean, Hyrule Castle was about to take a ride 
as in like literally the 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 earth split around the whole Hyrule castle and it slowly was starting to go upwards. I don't know what that's about, but that's freaking creepy. Um, but yeah, Breath of the Wild is getting a sequel next year. Or uh, wait, did they say next year? No, they just said it was in development. Yeah. So I'm I assuming that they're using the same assets. I don't think that the turnover time would be that long. Um, but yeah, new Zelda game, new mainline Zelda game, new sequel, which is something that they don't really do that often. Yeah, I'm curious to see what they're going to do. Yeah, same here, man. Same here. So that's basically that was basically the direct. Um they had some they had some stinkers in there, I will admit that. Um some stuff that I skipped real quick, but you know, again, you know, Resident Evil 6 seriously, what the hell as for that? Um Yeah, and we already knew about Link's Awakening and about Pokémon and Contra could really just go seriously go somewhere else um and i'm yeah sure mario and sonic at the olympic games whatever um but yeah a lot of cool time and they're still not done because they're doing the treehouse live and knowing them they'll probably announce a new title somewhere in the coming three days during one of those events because they like doing that kind of stuff but yeah um a lot to look forward to in the near future and in 2020 so yeah, good on them. Are you happy with the direct? Well, considering that you could knock me over a feather with just one if it with with just the one announcement, yeah, I was pretty happy with the event. And then now for the most important question: an unbiased, non fanboy rating of the direct. Oh no. No, it's it's no no it's not a ten because again there were games in there that I just no just they they just ruined the mood for me. Even thinking about them now they ruined my mood. But again, if I'm gonna go completely unbiased, I would have okay, so in terms of presentation, the directs tend to be well, let me rephrase this. Whenever they do a digital event for E3, it's always there's always a gimmick to it. This year's gimmick was very simple because they recently got a new president of US, which is Doug Bowser. So they did this little skit at the beginning where the actual Bowser um, interrupts the direct because he thinks that they meant him. And then the actual Doug Bowser shows up and him and Kozumi do this little bit where they basically have to explain to Bowser that he's not the one that they mean, but they actually mean Doug Bowser. And then they have to show him off the stage, wow. the digital stage. Um, it's It was cute, but it went on maybe five seconds too long. I, I have the idea um, that it's five, ten seconds too kids. long. Well, it's aim. It's more aimed at the people that like the meme of Doug Bowser because his last name is Bowser, and blah blah blah. And this is basically them acknowledging that the meme exists. Um, it was fine. It was harmless. It was maybe a bit too long. But here's the big difference. That was that was it. There was nothing else. There were no frills. 
So if I'm going to look at it from a presentational standpoint, it was a six from a presentational standpoint. Whoa, I didn't expect that. Yeah, because I've seen... Here's the thing. They've done better digital events for E3. Heck, there was one year where... There was one year where the president of Nintendo Japan, uh, Miyamoto, and the pre- and the previous president of Nintendo of America, Reggie Fils-Aimé, turned into Star Fox characters that were made by the Jim Henson Company, <laughs> and they had different skits throughout the event. I will show you the clip later uh, because that that was awesome. And there was one time where they um, asked Robot Chicken to do some skits for them. I don't know if you've seen the show Robot Chicken, but they do these skits with um, stop-motion animation, which is really fun. I think you mentioned it before. Yeah, I think I did. But this didn't have that. This was just straight up a Nintendo Direct, as bland as it comes. So, yeah, in terms of presentation, I would give it a 6. In terms of content, I would give it an 8.5. Again... The only reason it's even getting the the eight and a half, honestly, it would probably be a seven and a half if it wasn't for trails of trails of um, trails of mana and the mana collection dropping today. It would get a seven and a half for me in terms of content because the the content was good, but most of the content was known, um, and the stuff that wasn't known is exciting. It is very exciting. And if you're an RPG fan, honestly, now now more than ever, there has never been a better time to be an RPG or JRPG fan. Between stuff like The Witcher 3 coming to Switch and um, Marvel Ultimate Alliance and the Mana Collection and Dragon Quest XI coming out, you have a plenty to play. And if you're playing every any other kind of game, they got you covered as well. So if I average it out, it comes to, I guess, an eight, I would say. Yeah, I think I would give it an eight. It's not bad, right? I mean, we gave Microsoft an eight. No, it's, I mean, it's not, no, no, it's not bad. I was just, I wasn't sure what they were going to do with the presentation because they called, because they said they were going to do a Nintendo Direct instead of what they normally did was a Nintendo digital event. So I hope next year they go back to the digital event format instead of a Nintendo Direct. Nintendo Direct is more delivering games, like just showing gameplay, talking about gameplay. And that's what they did, and that's fine. But for E3, man, you got to bring your A game. And that was not this this year. If I uh, can touch on uh, something, for example... Even though I'm a huge Sony fan, Sony is not is also not one of those companies that nails it every time when it comes to their E3 conference. For example, last year's E3 conference, I didn't like that one bit. From a presentation standpoint, it was really cool because they had uh, they kind of built locations based around their game. So, for example, with the Last of Us reveal. Uh, they did uh, the, the the gameplay demo. They did kind of like a church because part of the trailer they showed was kind of set in a church, which was from a presentation standpoint it was really cool. But it was really short. It didn't really have that impact. It really, the games they showed were like 
okay, we know about these games. We just want to know more. And it was, I would have given them maybe like an eight for presentation and a five maybe for the games they showed because it wasn't what we wanted. Uh, for example, the yeah. E3 they did when they announced the PlayStation 4, that would be a nine. Or the E3 they did when they had the live orchestra, also a nine for both because that was unique original and they showed a lot of cool games so yeah they, i don't yeah true. They, yeah true. you can't always have it um out of all the press conference i think this one and the microsoft one were the better ones because we know we know the bethesda was the least of all oh yeah definitely no like absolutely no contrast yeah I, and, and i've said this before the, I think we're at that at that chain turning point in the industry in which either publishers or developers are coming up with a direct kind of style because it's easier, it's cheaper, they control the message, they're not overshadowed by, oh, well, Sony's doing a press conference, we need to nail it, or Microsoft doing the press conference, oh, it's a day before hours. You control the narrative, you control the time, and you can do it whenever you want, so that's a benefit. And otherwise, I think that E three next year, I don't know if it's gonna have a big attendance as it is. I mean, Sony's not there, Activision's not there, EA is not there. Um, no, 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 no. Sony wasn't there this year. Yeah, okay, but they have a new console to show, so they'll definitely be there. Yeah, but like, it's still like there's a void, there's a gap, and I I'm honestly curious if Sony's going to attend E3 next year. Heck, I'm honestly curious what Sony's going to do this whole year because they've said we do have some stuff to show and exciting stuff. State of play. And yeah, you can use the state of play to cover it, but I think people hope that Sony's going to do a PlayStation event centered around their next gen console, you know, that like what they did with the PS4 reveal at the time, do an event in February and then launch the console later in the year. Maybe they'll repeat that, but yeah, I think we're yeah, gonna... I mean, they're not gonna do. They're not gonna do anything around their new console this year. I could tell you. I think they're we're at a changing point in which the industry is trying to find new ways to come to 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 in one engage the fans, but two also have more control over the narrative and uh, bring out a message they control instead of just going to this massive event and maybe not getting the exposure they would want for their game because. People are so busy playing all sorts of other stuff or covering all sorts of other stuff. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess time will tell. We'll see when it gets to there and we'll see if the t attendance went up and down or down this year at E3. We'll know all that by the end of the week. Um, or if not, the beginning of next week. Um, so, yeah. Um, also, I also recently... Uh, they I saw an article. Apparently, there was there there's there's not a whole lot of agreement as of what E three should be even inside the organizers uh, themselves. The ESA um, there's apparently been some infighting about E three and stuff, and people wanting to change it and people not wanting to change it. And who knows, man? Who knows what's gonna happen to E three, man? But as as of right now. We have seen a lot of cool games getting announced. We've seen a lot of cool games getting updates on what they are, um, or finally getting updates on what they are. Um, we still have a, the rest of the week to 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 cover more, um, to 
cover more of the coverage that comes out of E3 and discuss those later in the week. So, yeah, I mean, in terms of content, we should be spoiled rotten the rest of the week. I hope so. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> we've taken the week off. Like, oh, okay, we could have just taken the evenings off and covered it in that, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, ah, true. Yeah. Ah, who knows? But you know, this what this this whole thing has been fun doing it anyway. So. Definitely. Yeah. All right. So, do you have any other last words before we sign off for today? I think I'm all good, man. We've uh, digested so much stuff in these past two days. My brain's kind of going into overload right now. Yeah, we need to uh, process this uh, for the next uh, couple of hours, at least the next day or so. (laughs) We'll we'll be back with you guys um, if we see any more interesting stuff that we want to talk about um, with another episode this week. And uh, yeah, so thank you guys for listening as far as you did. You can always catch us as always on any of your podcast listening uh, apps, be it Apple Podcasts, be it Google Podcasts, be it Spotify, uh, Overcast, or any of the other podcast apps that you might use to listen to podcasts. Uh, You can find us, as always, uh, on Twitter at game underscore rifles underscore. You can find me on Twitter at Maximilian. Um, you can always email us uh, at gamerivalsfeedback at gmail.com. Um, you can also click on the link in the description of this podcast to leave us a voice message, be it a question or suggestion or feedback. Um, we'd like to hear from you guys. Uh, maybe we can even feature one of you guys uh, in an episode uh, through these voice recordings. So uh, we hope you participate. Uh, once again, thank you for listening to us. Uh, Give us some good ratings if you would like. Spread the love. Let other <laughs> um, people know we're here. <laughs> exactly. Let people know that they can listen to uh, two guys dish it out uh, as Nintendo and Sony fanboys as they are. Um, it's a good brawl. Uh, we promise. Uh, we promise nothing and give you the world. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, that that is it from me. I have been your host for today, Maximilian X. And I've been your other host, Sean Templar. And we're signing off E3 Day 1. And have a good one. Bye.